G'day guys, welcome to the next episode of the Two Red Chairs podcast here on G'day Design Life. I'm Frank and I'm welcoming today uh, someone you might know as one of the young guns from the future, or the former young guns now. He's graduated, he's here live from the UK, it's Connor Fowler, how are you doing? I'm doing real good mate, thank you very much for inviting me on the show. It's really, really, really cool to be here to be honest, especially since you're literally yeah. on the other side of the world. That's it. I really pumped that intro up and <laughs> I love the subdued response. I was like, ah! It's all good. <laughs> it's still early. <laughs> yeah, it's still early for you. It's like, eight, I'm eight very much still drinking my tea. Drink away, my friend. Um, now, I've got Connor on today for this particular episode because Connor put out a tweet and I'm going to read it out because it sort of struck a chord with me because I'm of a similar opinion and basically said, Would you share your prices on your websites? on your website, or even have rough uh, packages there. Jeez, oh, I really read that really badly. Or even have rough packages on your site. Um, they don't need to be set in stone, but would clients uh, appreciate these estimates up front? So while every client is different, most projects will follow a similar process. What do you think? And my response was always, I mean, my response still kind of is, it typically depends on your own subjective viewpoint. So... Um, and there was a little bit of a back and forward, but I said to Connor, how about we jump on a call and talk about this thing, which for some designers can be a daunting prospect of, do I do this or do I not? And just have the conversation with my clients or if I'm too scared or just like feel that that's a daunting conversation to have and I can never price myself correctly. Should I just put it on my site and then be done with it? And then potentially also weed out, you know, the cheap clients that, you know, aren't going to go with my services anyway. So Let's have a chat, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we want to just like hash this out. I think I think that's yeah. the best way to start this. And exactly. Where did you say that you kind of sat on this after that tweet, just so people kind of see our stances, maybe? Yeah. So personally, I don't have them on my website currently, um, mainly for the reason that my services in general that I can offer are fairly broad. However. The site that I do have up for G'day Frank is so geared towards branding, it's not funny. And it doesn't really talk about too much other than that. So for me in my head, if I wanted to charge the one price for a particular package, which is typically a brand's kind of strategy discovery to start with, and then it moves into messaging, then goes into branding, and then final deliverables of some kind of kind for logos and, and type and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, I kind of think, fuck it, maybe, maybe I should just do that. Otherwise, you know, what have I got to lose if someone comes along and says, you know, yes, I'll take that price just off its merit of if it was five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is. And I could have be thinking to myself, maybe they would have taken 20. And then you're like, kind of what if am I limiting myself to that price that I put up there because it values me or... Well, and this this is the big thing for me is, or do you have Blair ends in your ear like a little Jiminy Cricket going, price the client, not the job. Price the client, not the job. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't put your price up there and be a fool and throw money away and everything like that. And I kind of agree with that in the sense that it's not about what I can do. It's about what the client is looking for as a solution. Um, which makes it such a an airy fairy frame of mind to to be. Um, but in the same respect, if some client says to me, "How much are your services for this particular thing?" I would be happy, <laughs> typically saying, "It's this amount." How's that work for you? If it doesn't, then they go, um, "I'll I'll think about it and come back to me, uh, come back to you." And it's like, okay, I'll never hear from you again. But it, it, you just sort of wonder, do you put it on that website so that a client doesn't have to spend the time of conversing with you on, on the phone to, you know, muster up what kind of price you are going to be charging for something that they're looking for? Um, yeah. It's a weird one. Like, it, yeah. It, <laughs> and I, I, I kind of sit in a similar point. Like, 
we've come into this discussion, I think, and I'm sitting in a similar place, which is like, I don't currently have things on my website, but I see people in the industry who do. Yep. And I'm also seeing other options, and I'm also seeing all these other variables, and it's like, am I... Shouldn't I be putting them on my site? Should I be doing something slightly different? Is Blair Ends really a cricket in my ear? Or is he like some kind of mongoose who's going to like pin me down <laughs> and bite me if I don't do this? Um, like, what is... I think it just comes down to a lot of overthinking as well from both parts. It's like, you kind of just need to do something. And I think many designers, myself included, previously, were very scared of doing anything that was against the code. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, Like, design Twitter would be like, You've got your prices on your website. Who are you? No, How you dare idiot. you? <laughs> You're ruining it for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That then, that that statement is just a yeah. beautiful self-flatulating statement, isn't it? You're ruining <laughs> it for the rest of us. Yeah, and and I think that's a big thing for most designers is that we compare the pair in that we we look for guidance from other people and for those other designers they probably don't have their shit worked out either. So, and they probably have the same opinion. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just following this guy because he looks like he's successful or that guy seems to have his price up there. Let's give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah, um, and that, that's kind of what sparked my tweet was that I wanted, I have some thoughts on this, but it's Twitter, so I like to ask questions. But yeah. it was interesting to see what other people would think about it because even just proposing the question from some people kind of rattled them a little bit. Yeah. Like some people immediately, um, people who I admire and they and, and other people who I know who have amazing skill sets immediately came back with no. And then it, but then it was an explanation as to why. And these mm. explanations were so broad. Some of them, as you kind of alluded to, were because I have multiple services, but then some of them were just a no, I would never do that. And it's, it's trying to understand more so why people would want to put their prices on their website because... I've spoken and read people's blog posts and looked at their websites where they say this package costs six or eight thousand dollars or whatever it is, and they know that to hit their revenue goals they need to do ten of those a year, for example. Yep. And that's what they want to achieve, and that what makes what makes them happy. And if that's their level of success and how they want to define success, if they want to make fifty or sixty or even just thirty thousand dollars a year, and they can do three packages of that a year then more power to them, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but on the I, other I, hand, you've got people like, as you say, like Blair going price the client, not the job, being like, you can make more money. More money, more money, more money, more money. And it's like these two sides. It's like, what do you want? And what is everyone screaming like? Yeah, like, and I, it was exactly the thing that I, I was just listening back to an episode that um, Ian Paget had on his Logo Geek um, podcast. Um, with Blair ends as a, as a guest talking about his pricing creativity book about value-based pricing. And Ian asked him this exact same question. And Blair's response typically was, no, you're setting yourself up for failure. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And his reason for that was that the idea for a service-based business would be that you are there to make as much money as possible and, and going for it. If you were a productized business, you're probably doing it and doing it and do it in the hopes that you would then at one day sell that business. If you wanted to sell your service-based business, you would have to commoditize that business by effectively pricing your jobs per job rather than what the client is. Yes, you could have all the clientele and everything like that, but you would need to productize that business in a way that is sellable and attractive to somebody to go, okay, well, if I'm doing packages for five to 10 grand or whatever it is, and I've got this many clients typically coming in on a recurring basis and multiple stream of, of referrals out of that, here's my business here. So that way that person can see that return on investment for buying out that client, sorry, buying out that business. Um, and I was like, yeah, that, that that makes total sense to me. But in the same respect, it's like that also is for that particular instance where you'd uh, you'd want to sell it but you can still i mean like it, it just it, it doesn't really answer the question for me either like it's a great <laughs> response but it's like man i just want to have this in my mind where someone maybe it's because i don't have someone going this is the definitive answer and it's not a saying, general consensus yeah you um, want someone like if, to tell you 
<laughs> this is it. It's like the earth isn't flat. The earth is round. That's the general consensus. Let's go with that one. You can see a picture from the space of it. It's definitely round, guys. <laughs> that, will that do it for you? Exactly. Whereas this is, it's, it's the subjectivity of all these sort of concepts. And there's a few of them in the design industry field whatever it is yeah well let's let's talk about that let's talk about that that breakdown that you've just kind of that's a great point productized or service based because Mm. the people i've just mentioned who have packages for like eight thousand dollars would say it's still a service they wouldn't say it's a product correct but because they structured it and advertise it in a way that it is a flat rate technically it's a product um but then you also have the discussion i've met people who I will not name because we're not particularly <laughs> friends, but um, who sell the same, they, they send a price list whenever they get a, a lead. And that's okay. what they do over and over and over and over and over. And I believe they are horrendously undercharging, but what they can do with that is they know how much they can get a month. They know where that income's coming from. And if they wanted to, although I don't think it is, their end goal could be to sell that business because they're not doing it under their own name. They're doing it under a moniker of a, a corporate name. Gotcha. So if that is your end goal, I think that's a great way to do it. But to have a productized, product, productized version of your yep. services. Um, but most, I don't think most people in the design industry are considering creating a business that they're going to sell. No. No, and that's that was the big point about me. Like, I don't want to, I don't envisage selling this business at all. It, having said that though, it, it's one of those things that if you draw a parallel to outside industries that are service based, and I don't know, let's say if you look at it like a, a doctor, and for I don't know how it is in the UK. I think you guys are covered by the NDS, and you don't have to. NHS, yes. NHS, sorry. Um, and you don't have You to said you were half British, business. didn't you? Before we started the show. Yeah. You should know these things. <laughs> I've never been covered by it. So <laughs> you're, you're in negative points my... now, man. <laughs> negative points. This was a conversation off here about um, British points. I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> in Australia, there, there has been a thing called bulk billing where you could go into a, a doctor and not have to pay for a visit. Now there is a, a fee that you do have to pay and it's very minimal. It's like $50. So you walk in expecting to pay that $50 for that consultation, but you don't expect to walk out with having to pay for x-rays or um, ointments or medication or, or whatever it is, or a serious surgery because the doctor's diagnosed something that's fairly evident that you've not even considered. That In that instance, you've got a productized price there, but then you're still going through the motions of diagnosing that client's problem or that patient's problem in that instance. If you did the same here, and I was speaking to my wife about this before we jumped on this call and said that if you were to put up a fairly minimal engagement level price for like the cheapest thing you could possibly do, like it was, let's say it was a social media post and you did a couple of them in a month and it was for two posts, it was 200 bucks. So you put it up minimum engagement, $200. On your website and a client comes in and goes, you beauty, 200 bucks. But then they get you on the phone or you get them on the phone and go, hey, how are you going? What is it that you're looking for? And they say, I'm looking for a logo. I said, great. We saw on your website that your minimum engagement was $200. Um, is that what we'd be looking to pay? You go, well, unfortunately, not for a logo. That is typically for this particular service, which might be something that you might want to do for your business, depending on your needs. But typically, uh, pricing for logos and branding and that kind of stuff is... $3,000. And they go, wow, okay, that's a bit more than what we you know, initially thought this could potentially be. But then at the same respect, are you really um, false advertising by saying a really small amount just to draw that person in on a phone call? Or is it probably not the ethical way of doing things? That's another point of conjecture for, for me in my own head. Yeah, and that's that's the whole another conversation. That's literally a tweet I put out like two weeks ago as well. Was would you charge for an initial com initial consultation? And again, yeah. it got a similar kind of reflection back from Twitter, which was no. Not surprised. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> not why? Surprised. Why would you not? Like lawyers yeah. do it, doctors do it. If you call out a plumber, yeah. like it's uncommon. Like mm. in the UK, especially, almost all service based contractors, like builders, uh, 
architects, plumbers, electricians, they will typically have a call-out fee. And yep. if they don't, they will blatantly advertise free call-out or free estimate. Yep. And it's like, just to get an estimate, most people would charge because it's a service. So it's like, you need to pay for the skill of diagnosis in the same way you would with your doctor. Or obviously in, in the UK, I don't because I have the NHS, but in many countries yep. you do. Yep. Um, and it kind of leads into the same idea, which is that if you offered, um, say, a brand audit and labeled it as mm. such and just stuck it on mm. your website for $50 and it takes you 30 minutes of your time, then it's a good lead in. It's like a lead magnet for getting people yep. to come through. But that doesn't that doesn't then solve the problem, as you say, of a, a client coming to you. They say, oh, we'll do this brand audit. And then you open the call up and they say, well, how much is a logo? And you go 10 grand. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a dip, uh, yeah, big, big disconnect. Like, that's a yeah. big, big disconnect. And that's probably even more likely to scare them away. And you'll just be churning over $50 consultations over and over and over and over and over. And that's not going to be effective or efficient. Correct. And, and that's a big pitfall right there. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think that many people should be charging for consultations and for diagnosis and putting that on their website because it's quite a small break-in service mm -hmm. but do i think many people are going to be doing that no because they're i think many people are just scared as, as we said like you even to put any number of money on your website for a service-based business people just freak out they're like <laughs> what if nike mm. comes to me and i could have charged them half a million dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not offering Nike the service that you have on your website. That's the difference. Like, well, that's that's I, the thing. That's that that's the the crossover, isn't it? The crossover yep. is what do you want to achieve? Correct. And then also tying it to who are you targeting? If you're mm -hmm. trying to target Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 companies, these massive massive conglomerates, you better have like the strongest foundation of work back up behind you to be able to pull that off. And that is not 99% of the people who I know. So, or 99% <laughs> yeah. of the people in this industry. So aiming yeah. that high and expecting to be like, oh, I'm just gonna 10X my rate overnight because I'm gonna get some crazy rich client come to me. That might happen. But what's most likely to happen and where are you at in the industry? Are you mm. brand new mm. at this? Yep. Are you trying to run before you can walk? Oh. There's a classic line. <laughs> uh, yeah, are you are you trying to charge 10k before you've even yeah. landed 10 1000 project? Oh yeah. And that's probably it. You're getting ahead of yourself in in what you're looking to do as a designer. You're thinking very long term, which is great, but in that short term, have you achieved that first hurdle and that second hurdle and that third hurdle to get to where you need to go? You could charge 10 grand up front and that be your starting point because that's realistically what you need to charge just to survive sure yeah um but even still going to the point of having that small little uh consultation fee if you get to a point and this is what i was thinking when you were mentioning that if you get to a point where you then start upping your typical service rate for your bigger jobs and it keeps going up and up and up and it might start very you know significantly small at two three thousand dollars or whatever it then goes up and up and up and you're still charging a, a small, relatively small consultation fee and that ratio doesn't change, then you're shooting yourself in the foot in that respect. Obviously, you're probably gonna be changing them to probably level out as the same. But what I did hear from another designer was that, and it's uh, a Julian um, Rotondo from um, Canada I'm gonna have on the show talking about this because he does something quite interesting with his um, branding process where he has a brand identity um, engagement with a business but he'll start with discovery in the in the case of charging a sm relatively small amount for that discovery brand strategy whatever you might want to call it and then he says refund but it's kind of integrating the cost into the physical end product to get that client in kind of the door as a, a low risk point of entry and if you had that on your website, let's say, for that kind of fee, and then it says, you know, we integrate the cost into your you know, next service with us, that's a bit of an interesting lead magnet in itself. Um, but as you said, like, are, are we losing out on bigger clients? And for me, I think that's such a total mindset 
plague of a problem in your head um, to, to really think, am I undercharging in a way that if one guy comes along and has is an absolute Scrooge McDuck of a client and has you know, just thousands of dollars of his marketing budget to spend and he finds you and gets a recommendation to you from somebody that he, you know, knows and trusts and is quite happy to pay that. But you're th- you're only saying, you know, $5,000 on on my website. And he goes, okay, sweet. I've just saved myself 25 grand. You're like, that's like a big what if. <laughs> you just, that's not going to typically happen on a day-to-day. And to have that mindset it's probably, the, I think, personally, the wrong way to go about it. Do you, would you, you know, agree yeah, it's with that complete, it's complete scarcity yeah. mindset. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's playing that what if card, and unfortunately, the what if card almost never becomes true. And you can sit down with a situation like me setting up for this podcast today. I last night I was like, well, what if this doesn't work? What if my camera suddenly <laughs> breaks? What if Frank's asked me to like record this on video and audio, which is something I don't normally do on three separate things? What if and it's fine? Yeah, compounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's completely fine. So when you apply that to this type of problem, uh, which is just diagnosing or or even saying um, I'm going to be undercharging this client because or not knowing the budget or whatever, well. You kind of just need to suck it up a little bit, I think. Like I've I've done this in the past, and these clients have come back. So in the past, I charged like two thousand dollars for a logo design, and now I'm charging that much just to do some basic discovery strategy, and it's the yeah. same client. Yep. And, and it's a it. year you get, later. You, so you, yeah, you you just yeah yeah you get the foot in the door, obviously initially, and then they realize, you know, what you're good for and what you kind of you know amazingly are good for in other different ways that they didn't even think, you know, were possible, which is yeah. amazing. Um, but moving moving away from that, like, what if idea, right? I made some notes as well, man, about oh, yeah, yeah, different, different places and industries that do this kind of thing. So if you think about, like, the average, like, SaaS software, like Zoom, for example, yep. which we're, okay, we're talking yeah, yeah. on now, they, on their website, and you'll see this everywhere, of having different packages. So it'll be like the basic package, the pro mm-hmm. package, and like the mm-hmm. enterprise package. Now, the first two are usually actually numbered. So they'll I, typically for software, it'll be pay a month. But let's imagine this is for a design agency. You could have yeah. like, well, what would you think of this? Having three different levels and saying, well, this one, let's call it um, startup would be for startups and it costs a set amount because you know your audience don't have much more budget than that for startups. Yep. Then yep. you've got like SMEs, so like small, very small businesses that are fresh. And then you have the enterprise option, which is the one that you don't have a fixed number on and it's like 10,000 or starting from 10K. Or please so, contact us, you know. <laughs> yeah, or please contact us. Yeah, the same, the yep. same thing. So what, what would you think about those types of options? Because... I think if you have a one one number on your website, that obviously turns away a lot of people. Um, and yeah, unless yeah. you can really hone in on those leads, that can be potentially detrimental, but also might get you exactly who you want to work with. But I think mm-hmm. a good middle ground between not putting your your prices on your website and putting exact prices would be to do like, this is roughly what tiered. this service includes yeah. for yep. this much. Yeah, so kind of tiered with an open end. Yeah, it's interesting that would be, that's a way that you would do it in a proposal sense. And I'm sure you've probably tried this out or do mm-hmm. it yourself, um, where you would generally anchor with the biggest price and then have tiers down to to meet that client's requirements where you'd have typically the middle ground is probably what the client is generally asking for. The cheapest one is probably the bare basic minimum what you could do for that client to just you know set and forget kind of thing. And then you've got the big ass projects that just nail everything that that client wants, but for a pretty sum. So to do that online as a SaaS product works because that's again an industry standard that everyone's come to accept why couldn't that work on a designer's website is a question to say that what if that bigger business or that even that SMA business looks at, I'm going to get the same result that you would give a startup because the the output is exactly the same, let's say. So if you were doing the same kind of logo and, and style guide and all the rest of it, if you're a branding person or if you're an app designer or whatever it is or a web designer, and then you've 
got this SME business, which is a small to medium business for those of you playing at home. And um, the idea would be that if that person sees that tiny price, they go, well, why, why did they get that just because they're a smaller business? It doesn't, that the logic doesn't quite work there. Whereas on a tiered SaaS product, the idea is that you're getting a greater sum of inclusions. So that with an enterprise, you're probably wanting you know extra licenses to cover all the desks in your office or users or whatever it is, or to have a broader copyright you know level of, of use or different features that allow you to white label your products or, or things like that. And if you're not offering that across those tiers, then that's where that fall, falls flat. It Having does. Said that though, if, Sorry, if, go on, you know, And then I'm probably thinking you're going to say this, is that if you did tier it in a way that the packages changed based on typical outcomes of what those particular tiers need, I don't think it's a bad idea. Having said that, though, it's it takes the, the idea of that price anchoring to a different level where they've got all the options kind of on the table and typically you want to lead with the highest price possible because that's the price that they go holy hell like 20 grand that's obscene and then you've but then you've got the smallest price when you're presented with that SaaS online thing where there's no personable conversation that you're having with somebody and I think this might be a whole psychological thing between human interaction where you're presented with somebody at the other end of the phone or in front of you and conversely differently online where you have a person sitting at home leisurely in their underpants if they wanted to be and they've got the smallest price possible and that's all they're looking for is what the hell's the cheapest price can I get what I want for that they're probably not going to focus on the biggest thing they're looking for especially if they're shopping around and that's a whole nother point of of, of this whole sort of discussion point is yeah well I can end that one for you if someone's shopping around don't work please. with them um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my simple right answer there. like if you're getting 10 proposals in from different people I'm not working with you what's the point you clearly don't <laughs> want to work with me you want to work with the cheapest um, yeah. but you make a good point in that you can break it if you don't break it down to kind of for startups we just do discovery logo social media um, yep. I don't know for small media maybe you do that plus some applications but because it's so service based you'd have a either a hard time or you would have to be very good at communicating exactly what that is. Um, so you could put a price on it and be like, this is the exact service, or you could be like starting from 2K or starting from 5K. Because that's the next thing I wanted to bring up was that I've spoken to multiple people recently and Blair puts this in pricing creativity, which is having a minimum level of engagement on your website, whether that is on the contact form, whether that's somewhere else, uh, just somewhere prominent that before people contact you, they can see your minimum level of engagement. So you could break that down by service. So um, someone's website I saw last week said, web development starts from 10,000 uh, pounds. Branding starts from 5,000 pounds. And it's very clear on their contact form, like these are the big services we provide. If you don't, if you can't start your budget at this point, then don't bother contacting us um, because yeah. it's wasting your time as the client and it's not going to act, we're not going to go anywhere. It's not worth it. Um, mm -hmm. And I was thinking if, you take that approach but apply it to the visual of like a tiered SaaS product so with your tile cards and all that type of stuff you can probably work something similar to that because it gives people the opportunity as you say to compare the different services you provide um, but the starting from obviously gives some bit of ambiguity but it's maybe a hard enough line for people to be like, well, I only have $500, their minimum is 2000 Okay, I well, well I, move I, on. I'll move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it also gives you the opportunity, if someone thinks they fit within a certain bracket, you can be like, well, I'm afraid actually having done the discussion, it's actually going to be, you're going to fit into this category, you're going to fit into that category. Um, yeah. Because I don't think that the idea of having on your website a fixed buy it now but type button is a good idea. Um, <laughs> I've seen agencies do this with uh, things like video editing or animation, things that kind of cross the boundary between um, technical and creative. Um, yep. So yeah, so some, some skill sets obviously cross both so they can apply a different model, I think. Um, but when things are purely creative discovery, strategy, design, etc., having a purely buy it now button 
um, might be not the best approach, but having a you think you fit into X box, contact us about this service or contact us about mm. this section of the service. Sure, that might sure. be a better approach to it if you are, if you can get over the what if, if you can kind of like pull yourself up and go, eh, we'll just, we'll give it a go and run it for six months and see what happens. Because I think people also forget <laughs> that. You can just try it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you change it in six months. The the only thing with that is in my head, just thinking about it as you've put that to me, is that if you then, if a client self-diagnoses what tier that they're at, then they come to you and then you diagnose them as something completely different. They go, no, 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 I'm I'm that. Like, I'm that price. That's That's obviously where I am but this is all I need kind of thing. It's like, well, no, from what you've said and described about your business, what your goals are, what you're looking to do with this business and where it's going, you fit in more into this as a typical, you know, client that I have worked with before. And they, they're they like, no, 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 we, we, want, we want that. It's like, well, then you have to disappoint them and say, well, look, I'm sorry, we can't do that for you. Like, but then like, but you offer that service. That's a service on your website. Why don't you offer that to me? And that's one thing I have in my head that could, that's a what if, but it, it you know, it could be a psychological thing in the client's mind to think, no, 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 you, you've just bucketed me or indirectly, but then I call you and you've put me in a completely different bucket. You know, what's the deal? It, it, it feels like I've, I fit there, but you're telling me no, and I have to ch- yeah. I have to pay more. I was ready to pay this, and it. Uh, I think that comes it, in it, also. Sorry, gone. No, I, I was pretty much finished. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think coming in at that that point is the right angle because it's all about that flow of conversation, isn't it? Because if you, as you say, if you are a client, or you you self-diagnose to a certain extent. Excuse me. Um, so let's say you are a patient. You go to w, uh, you go to WebMD, and then you go to your doctor. Yeah. Your doctor yeah. is immediately going to go, "You're an idiot. I'm a doctor." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. we're not in the profession of health. Um, our service is typically a um, a want, not a need. You do not need to come to a designer for any point in your business. Like you do not have to go to an agency to do strategy. Um, but mm-hmm. if you are I don't know, leaking from your nose and it's brain fluid, then you probably need to see a doctor. Um, So what we provide, often people see as a create, like the creative industry as a general kind of gist is seen as a want, not a need. Um, Mm. Which I think also then dictates that conversation of self-diagnosis because I really don't want to bring it up because I hate talking about it, but literally last week, Fiverr released a new campaign in the UK. I don't know if it's worldwide, but it's all over London. Um, and part of the Google advertising and YouTube advertising for it is basically calling anyone who runs an agency or has a design process pretentious. Now, which is a whole th- nothing. If you haven't seen the video, go and watch it. It's hilarious. But um, that kind of comes, they are targeting people who self-diagnose. Yep. Because they are going in and saying, you know what you want. This is how you get it. And they've, Fiverr and 99 Designs and all those other types of sites have decided they're going to take that corner of the market. The people who have generally smaller budgets, but also who um, want to see a price on screen and also have self-diagnosed that they need X. Which, for some people, is perfectly fine. And I think that we as designers kind of... This is is the thing that I think I'm going to get some slack for, man. But... um, (laughs) Go for it, man. When we as I think often we as designers, particularly if you only have one service, so let's let's talk about this on that level. So if you offer multiple services, if you're if you're going not just branding but digital, web, interactive, UI, UX, whatever, app design, however you want to play it, if you have for a broad range of services, this probably isn't the right comment for you. But if all you do is logo design. Is your self-diagnosis for you or the client? So is the diagnosis phase for you or the client? Often, it's for yourself as the designer to feel good about yourself. It's often a way to just say, well, actually, I'm the professional. I'm telling you that it's this, even when you only offer one service. Oh, it's a bit raw, but 
I, I don't mind it, and I think it's something to to really think about deeply in the fact that we can be fairly, um, let's say, up ourselves as creatives, especially if we yeah. know that our design work is of a good quality. And that's mm-hmm. that's just human you know, ego. That's totally fine. But to say that we have the right to tell somebody this is what this value is and go, based on our conversation, your logo is worth this much in my head. That's a very audacious thing to say because that's not what the client believes, number one. You haven't asked them what they believe it, it is and they might say, but all you're having that conversation about is just a logo. So if all you're having a conversation about is the logo, you're not looking at what that client really needs. This is just what they want. So what they need is something that is far greater. And as designers, we are starting to come to the table about this with business acumen and all these kinds of things, which I think is, to be honest, fucking exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And we're coming to the point where we're trying to realize what it is and what the tangible impact of what it is we do is for businesses. So if we can determine what that value is to that client, it's going to be based on what that client has as its long-term vision or a particular problem they're trying to solve. If the, the problem is that they are lacking customers into their store, how could how could I as a designer help them fix that problem, or even identify what the solution could be. I might not have the solution, but if I advise them of what it could be, and it's something that they've not thought about before, then you've brought value there at a greater level than just saying, I think you need a logo, and you probably don't, but I think you need a logo, it's going to be this much, and that's how much I think it's worth to you guys. If but you're that's saying, also, you're also expanding your services there, though. That's a second... A you secondary are, thing. You so, are, but it, in the same respect, though, if you are offering logo design but not identifying what that logo will do for a client and you're not thinking about what that will solve, at the end of the day, what's the point of doing it? If it's not going to change anything in your business, what the fuck is the point of doing this? Um, and this isn't <laughs> this isn't a rebuttal at you at any, no, any no, stage. No, it's no. just... I hope you understand that as well, but it's for me, it's not just about me. It's not about me and my skills or my time or anything like that as a designer. And I think that's a lot of what designers think is that I, especially those that charge by the hour. And this is why I've made some videos so far in the content for Gnade Design Life to say, fuck hourly pricing. It has its place in certain aspects, but it will shoot you in the foot because it becomes all about you and your time and your effort and everything like that. Not the client. So, yeah, if you're offering one service, that's all well and good. But you need to be thinking about what that could do for somebody. And that's why having a fixed price is subjective to that client. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a catch-22 in a sense that if you're not thinking about this as a designer and you're putting your prices on your website for one particular service, well and good. There'd be, there'd be a multitude of reasons why you'd want to do so. But if you're not thinking about what that value could be for that particular client, you're not doing it in the best interest of them. You're doing it in the best interest of yourself, which is, I think, what you're trying to get at. Okay, so we're basically saying that as a designer, you should be looking to build that strategy out. And this is what I agree with you. I agree with you in that when we are diagnosing, that is the whole point. The point is that you may have to turn away the client because you cannot serve them correctly. And that is the ethical thing to be doing. Um, But I think the point I made also reflects the idea of many people who are in this industry, not all of them, not the people I typically surround myself with, because I, I agree that the strategy side is very important, but there are many people in this industry who just do one thing. Um, And you could go as far as to say, if you did just do branding or logo design, but you also did that strategy, that discovery portion, you could offer those two things as separate productized services. Um, And you could just say using the price point and using your descriptions and your um, writing and your copy to filter people out. So 
this is the kind of the self-diagnosis thing I think many people are just afraid of. Um, and I see the problems with it, but I also see that often, more often than not, when I've had clients come to me with their self-diagnosis, it's not that far away. Um, yeah. And that's typically because I've pitched myself in a specific sector and I've explained what I do and how it works and why it works. Yeah. So they can see either through my posts, my content, or uh, my website copy, or even just through the contact form, the types of questions I'm asking. It helps to eliminate kind of the crap that comes through. Yeah, um, for sure. So when that self-diagnosis, often people are thinking like, oh, they need a logo when in reality they actually need a new whole new line of packaging because that's yep. the problem. Changing the logo on their boxes is not going to make a difference. But if you set the right things up in place, it's like the right hurdles, the right filters, I think there is an argument there to say that if you're not offering a massive spectrum of services, you could build in a system that actually works across the board for the majority of people who contact you. It won't work for everyone, but for the majority of people who contact you. Yeah. And that's why I don't think it's a huge problem. I don't think you're shooting yourself in the foot necessarily. And there is a few examples of that that I've seen. One was, uh, or one is, um, Fabian uh, Gihata, who does purely brand strategy. He might do deliverables as an additional, and that's usually something that is costed out per the client um, job and project. But he offers strategy at, I think it's $10,000, and that's it. And he does several of those a year, might be 30 or whatever it is, and he keeps it at that one rate so that way it's just, you know, you know what I need to give you and this is what I, you know, in return for me giving you this, it's this amount and it's always this amount depending on what size of business. It doesn't matter because I'm solving the same problem, um, which I think is, for me, totally fine. And that's where it comes to a point of subjectivity. If it works for you, then who is who is some other designer to say otherwise? Um, but having said that, though, let's we're exploring the different reasons why you shouldn't and shouldn't do. Um, so for me, I... Well, like what's I your, what's it, your favourite ideas on this? What What's your... After this discussion, because we've discussed, like... Yeah, yeah. So many different options here, from having a hard line to having a soft line to having no prices. Where... Have, do you, have you got any more clarity on this, do you think? Because I think I've got a better idea of what I'm leaning towards now. Yeah, I think for me, I would rather like to entertain the conversation with somebody. I think that's much more personal and that's trying to, kind of where I'm leading my mindset to, to to be more personable with people, especially fellow Aussie business owners that are in the same boat as what I'm trying to do to figure my own business out. They're trying to do the same thing to reach more clients, to bring in more you know money and services and, and sorry, products and all that kind of stuff. So to have that interaction, have that phone call with somebody and just to even just to get to know them, they might not need the services right now or they might not be able to afford the service right now, but you know, them have, after having a, a good and decent conversation that shows interest in their business, what that leads to could be work with them down the future or they might think to themselves, I'm going to remember that person and possibly in the event that someone says to me that's a fellow business owner of one of their friends or family members or whatever, and they say, I met that guy Frank one day. He seemed really good. I couldn't afford him, but you seem like a business that's a bit more put together that you could potentially afford him. This is what he was quoting me. He might be quoting something similar, so give him a call. You never know what the opportunity comes out of that. So to to eliminate the opportunity of having someone contact you even if they can't afford you i don't want to miss out on that connection but in there's an other part of me in this other little head that's like the really lazy one that says just put up one price so you don't have to have the conversation and just not have to deal with people or your own mindset let's say of feeling like you're rejected because people say that they you know can't deal with your services or just don't contact you after giving your price and then they walk away and you never hear from them again and they just totally ghost you um, and having to deal with that mindset. So there's still a teetering, left or right, but I think the way that I'm going now, I'm comfortable with not having my price on my website um, because I think it, it 
as I said before, otherwise it becomes all about me and in my business and what I need to make. And it's not about what the client needs to do and, and to solve and whatever. And as you say, yes, it can be typically the same problem over and over and over again, but then you're still not giving yourself the opportunity to ask about their business and really show some genuine interest to see what this would actually do for them and get some skin in the game or whatever to be empathetic to what they're going through. And at the end of the day, it might be something there where you deal with a client that may have a very low budget, but you, after having that conversation with them, you just really want to work with them because they turn out to be a really fabulous person and you go, stuff my rate or whatever, I really just want to help you. Like this is something that I could really get behind if it's a cause or something or just something you're genuinely interested in. You know, yeah. you, you never know. That's kind of, there's a big saying here, is you never, never know if you never, never go kind of thing. And it, it's just, yeah, I, I still I agree. on the fence, let's say. I'm still on the fence, but I don't think I would advertise a set price. I don't yeah. think. I think I think we're fairly in similar camps here and I agree with you that it is very subjective and you need to if I'm thinking about this talking about the people listening at home you need to really seriously consider what services you provide why you are doing them and why you are in business are you in business yeah. to maybe build up to the point of like Fabian doing was a Fab, Fabian Fabian, Fabian um, yep. doing strategy maybe that's your ultimate goal but you want to start with something that you can do right now which is a logo or packaging or print collateral or web design or whatever and you want to start small and work your way up maybe you offer a range of services already would a model of fixed prices be better for you um, what industry are you targeting how much money do they have? Have you run a survey about against potential leads and things like that? Do they do they even have the money you are charging? Um, are you barking up the wrong tree? You need to. It's all well and good having the ability to diagnose, but if everyone coming to you is either out of the budget or they're telling you you're too expensive, um, or there is no one in that marketplace who can afford you, then maybe you need to reconsider what you're doing. But th this is why it's so broken. Because it, it can't just be always, it's not always just going to be, it can either be like an entire self-diagnosis self which leads to you having to undercharge or not charge properly or a fixed rate. And then you have the diagnosis from the designer, which could be anything from zero, if you it's a charity and you love the cause or whatever, to 100k plus. And yep. you need to figure out where you sit on this. And there's nothing wrong with trying it for six months. There's nothing wrong with doing that because... You yeah, can testing. change things. Yeah. Test, testing, I think, is a big thing with business is that you, you're going into it, you don't know what could be. And without trial and error, you're generally, or making mistakes or anything like that, you, you're not knowing what works and what couldn't couldn't work or what shouldn't work or what doesn't work or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and not experiencing those highs and lows. Yeah, precisely. And one of the things I want to keep coming back round to is whilst people like Blair ends are saying things like, you want to be in this as a service-based business to make as much money as possible with as little work because it's value-based pricing. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes sense because it's value to the client. But if your ultimate goal, I don't know where you live in the world, that could be, I don't know, maybe you live in Canada, maybe you live in Indonesia, maybe you could have a beautiful life in Malaysia. I don't know what the currency exchange is, but let's per se you live somewhere where the dollar is very high in terms of your currency. Maybe you could be making $10,000 a year and live like a king. Yeah, maybe your yeah. ultimate goal is to earn enough money so that you can spend six months living in a cabin in the woods and you only need the design money to afford the supplies in the other six months and whilst we're sat here talking about should you put your design prices on your website I think kind of the larger question which kind of ends with should you put your prices on your website is what do you want to achieve how much do you want to achieve because yeah. the idea of success is such a such a twisted thing at the moment and it's something that i'm battling with as well which is i want to like my brain is going money 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 give me the money give me the money give me the money <laughs> but on the inside i'm like yeah but i kind of just want to go and like live in the maldives oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, i'm totally with you on that and yeah success metrics are, are totally fucked up and and that's due to society's norms um i, I do like gary v's look at it that success should be happiness he has flipped that in the last two years but yeah yeah and it's it's kind of a few different 
that's probably from his different changing perspective on the world and that's totally fine and you yeah. you, you can change and I think for me as well, having a, a young family at the moment, I'm of an opinion where I only need to make this much to make this family happy. We don't need to make, make squillions and squillions of dollars. I don't need to scale this business to have an agency or anything like that. That's not, not my intentions. It's not something that's going to bring me happiness to have, you know, the next pentagram or anything like that. Um, it's to support that family to be able to then do what I want. And what I want to do is give back in the form of this G'day Design Life page but then to also do things that creative, creatively excite me, which is creating content. And this is a great double outlet for that. Um, so for me to have the whole money thing and, and having to worry about pricing is something that I don't want to have to worry about, which is where having a, your price on your website sounds enticing because it takes that whole conversation, that whole worry off your mind because you're just having to put up there and then if someone contacts you and says, yep, I'm happy to pay that, that's it. Like job done kind of thing. Let's get into it, get into nuts and bolts. I can, you know, put it, my efforts in here, give you an output, walk away and be very happy with that, mutually very happy with that. And and that be that. Like it doesn't need to be more than that. And I can live a happy, simple life doing what I do and, and that be that. But then there's, as you said, there's that other thing in your mind where you're just like, I I wonder what the money's. <laughs> I wonder what yeah. the money's, and you're just like, why? There's there's always a bit of ambition, and it depends where your ambition lies. Because if your ambition is to grow your business a little bit, even just a tiny, teeny, tiny bit, then uh-huh. you want to actually be able to do that. Um, and yeah. Yeah. in some cases, that's if you I don't know look at a product, people who sell eBooks, for example, you could sell it for ten dollars, and then you go, oh sh- oh sugar, I'm like getting like a hundred thousand sales here. If I bump it to <laughs> If I bump it to fifty dollars, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I bump it to fifty dollars, then I'm going to make less sales, but probably more money. Mm-hmm. So, it's this kind of discussion and awareness to say: Am I here to afford um, a lifestyle, or am I here to build a like a build my business and afford to pay my business and expand the business? Because if mm. you're just there to mm. grow your business to a point where you can afford your lifestyle, whether that is like Jacob Cass who travels, um, whether it's like um, Sylvie, uh, one of the amazing guests I had on my podcast, who is a nomadic designer, they just travel and design. If that's your ultimate goal, then that's where you should be looking and saying, okay, well, what will be the most effective for me to get that money every month or to get that money every year? Maybe that is fixed pricing. Um, but it's yeah. it's a trial and error. And this is, this is where I sit because the industry that I'm starting to move and work into is is towards the cannabis, CBD and hemp side. And I know that the vast majority of businesses in that sector are startups. And I know what roughly their budgets are going to be for this type of work. So whilst I can pitch it higher, I also can afford to work with the smaller ones. So it's, it's like maybe be aware as well of who you're dealing with, because this is the thing I'm going to be trialing is I might try putting some stuff on the website and seeing whether a starting from price, whether a minimum level of engagement number appears. Uh, Maybe you need to, instead of putting on uh, how much you're charging, maybe you need to do um, what John does at Cult Method, which is say on his website, we work with businesses who are earning, um, who have been in business for one to three, one to three plus years and are earning over 5,000 euros in, sorry, 500,000 euros Mm -hmm. uh, in revenue every year. So over half a million euros a year. And that immediately... Weeds out a heap of people. We yeah. da- I say we da- a massive heap of people. And maybe yeah. that's the other approach is that you come in and say, well, actually, we're not going to target and limit ourselves on price, but we're going to target and limit the people who can contact us, which immediately gives you some leverage. Like you have a, a bar yeah, sure. level to hit. It's like going on a roller coaster. Yeah. You have to be so tall. Um, <laughs> but um, like that analogy. It, it's, it's, the, it's the same thing. Like You have to be so tall to ride the ride. Um, and you either need to figure out whether you're the person trying to ride the ride or whether your clients are trying to ride the ride, um, which is... A, how did I say that without slipping up? I have no idea. Um, but Boom! That's one for the uh, for the Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, just... It, I, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with this conversation because I, I kind of had a funny feeling you'd sit on a hard line of we always yeah. diagnose. Yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm of a mindset now where I'm very much more open-minded 
fairly objective in my viewpoints, but still open-minded in terms of how I'd approach different things because I think everybody has their own way about doing design, just the same as how they would one person would use Photoshop to create an Instagram post, whereas someone uses it, sorry, someone uses like Figma to create it or Microsoft Paint. <laughs> um, we all do things in different ways and we do what works for us. So, you know, who am I to say you should be doing it this way or that way or whatever? It's whatever works for you. But I, I, I do like the idea of testing this idea out in, in what you're thinking of doing is having your price on there for six months, see what comes of it. If, it, if it's one of those lead generators, and this is where one of the points that I'd written down was, you know, what if you offered a limited time package on your site to kind of give a sneak peek into what it is you actually charge. And at that stage, you offer a discounted rate on your packages so that that kind of client pool that you might have been kind of enticing a little bit, maybe on social media or through emails or person-to-person kind of contact, they then get a bit of an insight into what it is you actually charge for your rates. And then, as you said, you're weeding lower ball clients and you're bringing somebody into a club that can actually afford this. It means something of value to them because it's of a higher value in general, um, your services. But yeah, I'm not, I'm never one, one or the other. And this is what shits my wife as well half the time when she comes to me and she's looking for the one answer for me to say and it's never the answer she wants to hear <laughs> and uh that, that's that's just our marriage but um yeah and i spoke to another designer an aussie designer heidi who i said i'd do a shout out to and i'm sorry i've left it all the way to the end of the <laughs> podcast oh, hey heidi Hi, Heidi. and um she says she puts her pricing on her website and does a starting price and i said that's all that's fantastic like good on you for doing that i'm glad that someone reached out and and told me their experience and i said to heidi is this your price that you would typically charge for your general engagements for design and branding that's what she does she goes yeah pretty much it's it's pretty much right on the money unless someone's looking for something that's a bit more extensive i said fantastic and she goes yeah it's great because it it does i don't get any people coming in saying i only have 500 dollars," and if she charges three thousand dollars I don't get those calls and have to, you know, take away my time away from my clients. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a really great way of looking at it. And if if you don't believe that you're missing out on any opportunity by doing so or having some, you know, limiting belief or mindset or whatever it is or scarcity mindset like we've covered, then fuck it, do it whatever you bloody want. Like, I mean, that's kind of it at the end of the day. See what works. If it doesn't work and no one comes in, then doesn't matter. Really, at the end of the day, you might have another com- a designer comment, comment and say, oh, you put your design you know, prices on your website. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I mean, if, if you're afraid of that, like, get a grip. Yeah. <laughs> you really worried about someone on Twitter being like... Yeah, man. This is, this is why I pose these questions on Twitter, man, because I love yeah, people's responses yeah, yeah, of, like, yeah, they're coming yeah, after yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I've just asked the question. Like, I don't yeah. sit on either side of this, but people come up. It's like, if you really give a damn about what some mm. other designer thinks, yep. like, unless you're trying to sell services and products to designers, like, what, who gives an F? Like, what does mm. it matter? Mm, mm, mm. So, All yeah. Right. I think we've covered a heap in this. This is probably the longest podcast we've done so far out of the, the few we've done. So I'm going to leave it there with, with, uh, with Connor. Thank you so much, dude, for this input of... I mean, you started the whole conversation and I, I came in guns blurring going, you can do this, you can do this, what about this? So I'm glad that you entertained my back and forth and um, and it was you know amazing chat, dude. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been fun talking about this. Hopefully some, some people will get some comments going about what they think they're going to try. <laughs> yeah, some of those uh, truth bombs that we dropped in there. Uh, don't sue us um anyway so thank you so much guys for listening or watching the le- this episode of two red chairs on g'day design life you can catch this also on youtube if you're listening or conversely you can listen to this on spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. um but also check out connor on his twitter which is connor it is at c fowler design and it's at c fowler design on every other platform as well Amazing. That's good to have that continuity, isn't it? I didn't get that with G'day Frank, which is annoying. Some (laughs) bastard took one of my things. I was like, ah, fuck it. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening and watching, and I'll speak to you very, very soon.
See ya.